Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. GearNetwork.com. This is a Gear Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Better Live Than Dead podcast. And with that... We are live. We are better live than dead. It's episode number 117. Woo! The NHL pre-deadline cast. Where are you going, Bob? The pupper is leaving. The dog doesn't want to be on the podcast. We are here live. I am Ryan Wolf at WolfBLTD, joined by Brayton Wilson at BJWilsonWGR on Twitter. We are actually in the friendly confines of the Wilson residence down here in Springville, New York, for the first time ever on the podcast. Ever. It's history. It is. It's a, it's a history-making podcast here today. We're going to get attacked by Eli again here in a second. So all he wants to do is just play. <laughs> We're here today to talk about the NHL trade deadline. Uh, as of time of recording, it is... Oh, I don't even know what day it is. The 23rd. February Friday. 23rd. Friday. Friday, getting down on Three Friday. Three days before the NHL trade deadline. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. I'm going to stop before I incarnate myself and sing that whole song on the podcast. But yeah, we're here today to talk about the Buffalo Sabres uh, more particularly because, as Brayton said, three days before the NHL trade deadline, and if you can believe it, again, for the uh, umpteenth time in a row, the Buffalo Sabres find themselves to be sellers, not buyers at the deadline. So first off, before we jump into who goes where and what and when and how, or what we think at least, uh, let's, let's just kind of have a, have a brief discussion here. Um, actually, we've got some news coming across the board right now. Just quotes from Darren Dreger on the instigator. So we'll talk about that in a second. But for me at, at this point, I, I certainly am worried about the trade deadline because it's the first time Jason Bottrill as a general manager. Uh, but I, I, and I wrote about this over at dieBytheBlade.com, cheap plug. Um, the past trade deadlines have really failed to inspire future trade deadlines where you see what Buffalo has done. And what other GMs have done. So again, I understand what Tim Murray did does not affect what Jason Bottrell does, but it's hard to be confident when Tim Murray could have gotten Ryan Spooner and a second for Chris Stewart and then sat on his hands because he wanted a better deal and only ended up accepting a, what was it, a second round pick? Yeah, second round pick two years. So uh, oh, yeah, he, got was, traded, he got traded in the 2015 deadline and he got a second round pick in the 2017 draft. This is actually pretty funny because I, I'm sorry, my, my brain has failed me. I just literally told Brayton not even five minutes ago right. that the Sabres essentially traded Chris Stewart for Ukopekalukunen. And I'm glad I got that name right because that is it. That's a great name. I tried doing it as best I could as the elite prospects to pronounce it. That's a that's just fantastic. It's it is a very fantastic name. You can't beat that. <laughs> but Brayton, heading into the trade deadline, without mentioning specific names or, or what's what's happening here, what um, what, what are some things that you are, are are looking at just overall for for Buffalo in terms of the trade deadline? Well, I mean, obviously, I think the big thing is you got to. I mean, you have to trade Evander Kane. You're not just going to have him play and then go to free agency for nothing. Because, I mean, again, for people that want to say, oh, well, you know, there's still a chance he could sign. He's been here since the summer. They had the 
you know, the preseason talks or whatever, people asked him like, oh, hey, do you want to stay here? And he's just like, oh, Buffalo's a nice city. You know, it's a great town, great people. But he never actually said, I want to stay here or I want to, you know, sign a new deal. Yeah, and absolutely. So, and, and, and sorry to jump in here really quick. Yeah, that's fine. I have to just say something. I've been getting a little blowback on tweet bots about, uh, about a cane not wanting to resign in Buffalo and how we know that. I'm pretty sure I couldn't find immediate uh, an immediate response for that, but I have seen and we've heard multiple times from multiple different insiders throughout the NHL world that the Sabres have no interest in re-signing Evander Kane. Right. I mean, he's a he's a great player, a good enough player. He scores a lot of goals. That's what you need, and that's what Buffalo doesn't have. But Buffalo just doesn't want to pay. I, I'm assuming what it's going to end up coming down to is that Buffalo doesn't want to pay the amount of money that um, Buffalo doesn't want to pay the amount of money that. He's going to want because yeah. at some point in time you've got to pay if you keep if you keep Sam Reinhardt you got to pay Sam Reinhardt right you got you're you're paying Jack Eichel ten million dollars next year you're paying Ryan O'Reilly a ton of money you're paying Rasmus Rasmus Ristolainen a lot of money yep. so there's some moves that have to come but I really think it, when it comes down to it especially with the, the prospects coming up kind of an overall picture here that Evander Kane is not in the future plans. right and you have to have money for a guy to re-sign Sam Reinhardt you got to have money to sign a guy like Casey Middlestat down the road you got to have a guy you got to have money to sign a guy like. Will Borgen down the road, and not even to a new deal, and not there's, even there's just a bunch of different things. Yeah, not even that. to jump into that in the, that far into the future. You have to have money to be able to sign guys to make this team better. Yeah, yeah, and and this team right now could certainly use some guys to make them better. And Evander Kane, well, yeah, sure. Um, there's uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have talked about Kane. There's a lot of um, where was I going with this? I'm sorry, I got a little distracted because. Um, Dreger on the instigator said that he's that Bottrell's had conversations on Josh George's, but with 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 Vander Kane and getting back to the uh, talks about trading him and and the the space that they need. I mean, this team right now is not good with or without a Vander Kane. Trading a Vander Kane isn't really going to matter at this point. You really have to get the the most you can out of him because again, if he wanted to be here, he would have been efforting to re-sign in Buffalo. He would have effort, been efforting to get back in Buffalo. And he, he just hasn't done that yet. The team hasn't talked to his agent yet, and he hasn't talked about anything saying, hey, I want to be back. I want to be back here in Buffalo. He just said he likes the city. He likes the team. He likes everything about it, but nothing. So, I mean, for the people that say, well, you know, you, you just can't let him walk. Well, if you let him walk, you're getting nothing out of him. Yeah, and I think with with Jason, and we can kind of need assets. Yeah, we can transition us into talking because how we're going to break the podcast down today. We're going to start straight up off the top of the Vander Kane. He is the apple of the Sabers trading eye this, these next three days. Um, I, I feel like the Sabers will probably end up with with Kane. I think it will be their bigger their bigger deal will be the Kane deal, but. When it comes down to it, it may end up not being a deal that happens until two or three o'clock on Monday. Um, but we're looking at it right now, and as as we're sitting here uh, on the, on facing couches, it's kind of this is this is actually I got to just say too, this is like the the more more legit of the setups we've had for the podcast because usually we're just like sitting next to each other and we're just talking into a microphone. We're not actually like we're looking at each other and we're conversating to each other. So right. this is, it's strange for me. It's it's a little different, but. Um, we, we see here right now with Darren Dreger talking to the instigators on WGR uh, 550. He, he says that the interest in Kane has been quiet until recently, which is understandable because Kane has struggled. I mean, granted, um, 
the the emergence of guys like Michael Grabner who got traded to the Devils uh, on Friday night or on Thursday night, uh, the emergence of of Rick Nash and the Rangers determining that they wanted to actually turn towards a, a full on or a, 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 at least some sort of rebuild. Uh, that has certainly dampened the the excitement for Kane, but also, like I said, the fact that Kane has not been good. Right. Granted, lately he's been better. I think four goals in seven games or something along better, those lines. Better, but he he kind of sat back knowing he was going to get traded, and really that kind of is just like well, it's it's hurting a value. You're not helping anything here. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's something where the the, the trade talk is increasing, and like I mentioned, the Grabner deal. Um, Originally, we all know Jason Bottrell wanted a ton for Evander Kane, and rightfully so, because you know he's, he, you have the asset, you're in the position to sell. Um, why not hold out for everything that you can get? But now that the market is starting to to mold itself as it usually does, not to mention as well, uh, Darren Dreger reporting today that uh, he believes Bottrell is starting to become more, a little more flexible on Kane, and then you see Grabner get a second and uh, a potential middle mid prospect i guess if you want to put it that way i mean you, we all know how prospects are prospects right. are if they're if they're not if they're not on the doorstep of the nhl you don't really know what you're getting right and and there's just different levels of where a prospect is i mean exactly. and have, that's a you, podcast within itself you have your a b's and c's prospects and my this is the way i see it is you have a b c prospect a prospect is first round pick, second round pick that you value very high that could possibly play within the next one or two years or could be ready to play exactly. immediately. Your B prospect is, yeah, let them develop and, and have some time in, in the OHL or, or the, you know, or college or over in Sweden or wherever they're playing. Give them, you know, that two or three, even four year window. But then once they're ready, you know, they're probably going to be able to step in right away. And then you have your C level prospect where, the C level is just, you know, hey, we drafted this guy for developmental purposes. He's going to be a project. If he works out, that's awesome. But if he if he doesn't pan out, if he doesn't develop, it's not going to necessarily hurt unless you take him in like the third round. And then all of a sudden it's just like, yeah. oh, well, we just kind of wasted a third round pick. But then again, for the Sabres, the history of third round picks actually playing in the NHL certainly is not good. So we will uh, have to we'll have to go back and listen to this interview because because <laughs> uh, friends over at Die by the Blade, which. Spoiler alert, I, I, I work there. Um, Dreger is being a real big mood ruiner right now for the Sabres well, deadline, but what he's saying is not surprising. Here's, here's the quote that he said on the instigators on WGR. Spoiler alert, that's where I work. Oh, uh, look at that. Kind of spinning off what you just said there, just in good, fun terms. Quote on Kane. Bottrell has gotten some soft offers on Kane earlier this week. It's more than just tire kicking now. Those teams are more interested in moving a player or players for Kane. So, so I almost I almost wonder if if it's not going to end up because again because again at this point in, in Brayton we talked about this we spoiler alert we went to breakfast this morning because we had to go on a bro date so that's what we did we went to breakfast and talked about hockey like two old men and he got to experience uh, the the hinterlands of Springville it's 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 something out here ladies and gentlemen it is it is a it is a place in the world um, that exists that Donald Trump is very popular in apparently, but that's a different podcast for a different time. Um, the more we were talking about it, like, yes, it's nice to sit here and sell people on prospects to say, we got this phenomenal player. Like back when they got Hudson fashing mm -hmm. and you're like, Hudson fashing is going to be the next great power forward of the NHR, whatever stuff people said back then. But you get what I'm saying. Instead of, instead of saying, this guy is going to be the next big thing. He's going to be great. He's going to just give him five years, and he'll be great in five years. Uh, instead of doing that, you have to go out and get guys who you feel can fit in your lineup this year or next year. 
Because at some point in time, you're just going to continually do the same thing every year. You're going to put a terrible team on the ice. You're going to trade your, your, your vets. And then you're going to go from there and you're going to go out and acquire prospects who will pan out in three to five years. And then they may not even pan out to be that great. They may end up being a bottom six forward or a bottom pair defenseman. But hey, you got them in that trade a couple of years ago where they were supposed to be great. You can't do that. You have to go out. And and, and, and I know a lot of people are, are talking about Jason Bottrell putting his mark on this team, putting his stamp on this team. And I think it has to happen at some point in time. I don't think it's going to happen Monday because it's very hard to pull big deals off like that such a short amount of time, especially with all the moving parts. But maybe if Bottrell is willing to kind of to wiggle around a little and work a little magic, maybe we end up seeing Kane in something get dealt for, uh, I don't know, a, a decent player or an okay player that fits the system. Because as we've seen in as we've seen in Pittsburgh, where they're coming, where Botchel comes from, obviously, um, and I mentioned this to you before too, Brayton. They have four or five star players. They have Crosby, they have Malkin, they have Kessel, they have Latang, and they have Matt Murray, and then everyone else they find they fill in a role. I think that's what Buffalo is aiming to do because that's that's obviously what wins championships. But at some point in time, you have to start finding those guys that fill those roles. Right. You're not going to go out and go and go get a a Latang or a Murray or a, a Malkin or a Kessel or a Crosby for Kane. Right. But you can get guys who can fill those roles, like what he did, like what Botchel did with Scott Wilson. He goes out and sees a guy that goes, this guy can fit a third or a fourth line role and be decent at it. And he's he's been pretty damn good, better than what Buffalo has. So again, I think that there's still a lot of moving parts, a whole lot to happen, but you may see a little creativity. Instead of just Botchel saying, we'll take a second-round pick and just give us you know, a, a warm, beating heart, and we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, also, it, it really helps to win some uh, draft lotteries there that, that the Penguins did, or at least be super high and yeah. fall in luck with getting a guy like Evgeny Malkin, number but two. You, but you also have to make sure, too, that you hit on those high draft picks. Right, right, exactly. And and Pittsburgh has in, in historically hit on most of their high draft Like picks. we talk about, and I know I don't want to kind of go off on a tangent here, but I just want to mention there's been a lot of talk about Mikhail Sergachev being selected after Alex Nylander. Now, we don't know what Alex Nylander will do, but yes, that looks bad now. But it, it, coming down the, down the road, five, six, seven years from now, when you say, okay, yeah, Buffalo still doesn't have that top defenseman, or they, they may have a top defense, but but n- nothing really else, you may say, oh, yeah, that was a really big miss huh. for the organization. But, again, that, that page has already been turned, I, I feel. It's, it, it, every time that we talk about Alex Nylander and just, the, just how disappointing he's been, he just plays so uninspired. It's just you, you weird. Just watch him play. It's just it's just hard. And, it's and, the style of play that he has, though. He, he's not going to go out there and he's gonna, not going to show a lot of emotion. He's going to go out there and just play his game, and that's it. I mean, he's kind of like a robot. And it might, yeah, it might be it. something. And we'll get back to the trades in a second here. But it's hard to judge because he's still so young. And he's I mean, he's played a little over a hundred pro games in the AHL. Excuse me, but you, you still don't know what you're going to get. So that's kind of. You know, at some point, do you pull a trigger and try to deal him for something else, or do right. you do you give up and say, you know, we're gonna we'll package you for another flailing pros- a fledgling prospect that we think will fit our system better? We don't know. That's trades are fun. You, you definitely don't want it to turn into a situation where you know you kind of hold on to Nylander and you keep hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping and hoping. Yeah. Nothing ever changes, and then you end up getting a Scott Glennie, where the Dallas Stars kind of held on to hopes with him. 
He played in one NHL game, and then Scott Glennie turned into being one of the biggest draft busts in any. I'd say he's probably one of the bigger draft busts in NHL history because, I mean, he was taken eighth overall in a draft class where, I mean, after him, you've got guys like Ryan Ellis who were taken. You've got Nick Letty that's there. You have Chris Kreider. I mean, there's some decent names after that. But, I mean, still the fact is is that, um, you know, Alex Nylander, I watched him play Wednesday with the Amherst here in Buffalo. And he just, I mean, he didn't get a lot of ice time. He was up on the top line technically, but Amherst didn't get a lot of power plays till later in the game. They were mostly on the penalty kill in the first two periods. And really, he was just non-factor. And that's that's something we can't see from him. We have to see him being more of a factor. I mean, yeah, sure. He doesn't play an inspiring game. He doesn't play exactly, you know, any flashy type of way. But he's got to be a player that can do the things that he can do with the skill set that he has in order to affect games, and that's just not happening. And that brings us back to our original point here, that you have to make sure that if you're going to get a guy who's going to be a prospect or you're going to get a guy who's gonna, who has the, a ton of potential, you better make sure you hit on that guy. So that's why I think you know Jason Bottrell may go out and, and and be comfortable when it all comes down to it. You know, if, like say for instance, he goes to St. Louis, or like the thing, the one thing I think about when they mention this just popped into my head. They talk about Evander Kane potentially bringing back players. What's a team? Who's a team in the NHL that can't take a lot of money on without sending a lot of money out? Pittsburgh. Maybe Buffalo can say, okay, look, we'll take player X for Kane, and we're going to turn player X into Y, Z, right. whatever. But you may see something like that. So don't. So if, if Kane goes to Pittsburgh and they get back a guy who's – they get a defenseman back who's not great or not horrible, or he's, he's, he's average, makes a lot of money, whatever, you know, don't freak out. Or if he goes somewhere and you get a there, – there may be more – uh, shoes to fall here, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But I do want to get over to the to the rest of the uh, the Buffalo Sabers that were potentially being dealt. Uh, we've got Josh Georges, who we saw Darren Dreger say flat out that Jason Bottrell is is very very actively trying to deal Josh Georges, and rightfully so. Josh Georges has been a soldier for this organization as long as he's been here. He's he's been through some of the toughest times. And I mean, granted, you know, it is what it is. It's whatever. But, you know, certainly think that um, doing him a solid by trading him to somewhere where he may have a chance to, to, to fill a role and, and play an important part in a, in a run towards the Stanley Cup, that's, that's good on him. Right. And he's going to be nothing more than what he is here. He's going to be that six, seven defender that can come in every once in a while, help out if you desperately need him. And I mean, we know what Josh Georges brings to the table. We know that he's a solid defensive defender. He's good in his own zone. He blocks a ton of shots. He doesn't bring a whole heck of a lot of offense, but occasionally once in a while he'll join the rush and get up there. He's, he's not a terrible skater, but he's a lot slower than the NHL is today and what it's become. He feels a lot like Mike Weber used to feel. Right, and, and you want to find a nice little team where, you know, hey, if this is the best fit for him and they're a team that can make a deep run in the cup, send him there. If he wins a cup, then he might retire after this year. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But then again, it's Josh Georges. And knowing the type of player that Josh Georges is and the guy that he is, he probably isn't going to want to call it quits after this year. He's probably going to want to give it a few more years. But with the way the NHL is nowadays, after you trade him and after this season, teams will look at the title of player he is and, and the way that the game is evolving, and they'll probably say, 
there's no room. There's no need for a guy like exactly, him because yeah. he's just not the fastest guy. He's maybe going to be a nice AHLer next year. He'll be a a good veteran for an AHL team or whatever, or maybe a two way contract. But I mean, is he going to get a big NHL contract next year? I certainly not big. Maybe it'll be a sort of a deal where you know he signs a, an NHL tryout or he signs a, a very small deal, one year deal gets waived at the beginning of the year and then maybe starts the year in, in, in the AHL. I mean, for a guy like for a guy like Georges though, you trade him and you basically just get back whatever you can from him. It's a, if it's a fifth round pick, I'd be jumping for joy if I get a fifth round pick out of Josh Georges. If I get a fourth round pick, that's even better. I don't think you're getting anything better than a fourth round pick. This is not this is not Mike Weber getting traded to the Capitals for a third round pick and everybody was like what? Yeah, I mean that's not happening with Josh Georges. It's certainly not going to be uh, anything spectacular in return for him. Sixth, I mean fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. If that's the, if the seventh round pick is the best you can do in twenty twenty, then I guess that's what you have to do. Take it and run with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Just give him the best chance to win. That's exactly. that's pretty much all you have to do with Georges. It's not a value trade. You don't. You, you, I mean. At this point, you don't want to get anything like super spectacular in return. If you're sending Josh Georges to the Pittsburgh Penguins and they play him maybe five games the rest of the regular season and he plays in five games in the postseason, but wins another Stanley, but wins the Stanley Cup, that's all you can ask for out of him. Exactly. Looking at uh, goaltenders, got Robin Leonard with a with a, an RFA after the season. You've got uh, Chad Johnson as well. Do you see any movement on these guys at all? I think I think with the Flyers acquiring Peter Morazic, I think the market for goaltenders is now extremely difficult. I mean, it's it's more difficult for the Sabres to try and move a guy like Leonard or Johnson now. I mean, a team like the Islanders could certainly use a goaltender. They're still in the thick of things in the playoff race because Yaroslav Halak has been not good. Thomas Grice, he can't stay healthy. He's on IR again. If they can get another goalie, that would maybe help, but then again, you have another logjam at goalie that they had last year. It's very similar, and I don't know if they want to create that. A team like Calgary, Mike Smith, he's got a groin issue, I guess, and there's no exact understanding of when he'll exactly be ready to come back. If he comes back, will he be fully healthy? Because after him, it's David Rich and John Gillies and I don't know. Territory you don't want to be in. But maybe, it's not maybe they good. come. Maybe they come calling, and they're for, and they're in the thick of things in the Pacific. They're yeah, maybe they very close to a playoff. Spot. Maybe they'll come calling for Chad Johnson. Chad Johnson again, or even Robin Leonard. I mean, Chad Johnson for them last year was was a kind of a disappointment. because yeah. he didn't really exactly play well. But they know the type of goalie Chad Johnson is. Now, do they say that and say, "All right, well, are we going to want to trade for that, or are we going to be okay with that because he's?" you know, maybe looked a little better lately. Or do they say, all right, we need an upgrade. Let's get a guy like Robin Leonard. I mean, the the problem is, is that if you're trading, if you're trading for a guy like Robin Leonard, I mean, I think, I think Jason Bottrell is going to want a decent return. Yeah. Calgary doesn't have a first round pick this year. They don't have a second round pick this year. They gave that up for Travis Hamanick. Their goaltending prospect. I mean, they've, they've made it clear that John Gillies is available, but John Gillies might be a goaltender that, you know, you put him in Rochester or you bring him up here, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind having John Gillis as a backup to Chad Zons in the rest of the year, but um, 
you know, we just have to wait and see. I think you've got to set yourself up. You got to set yourself up for the opportunity you do. to have Lena Salmark. I think I think Lena Salmark is going to be the starter next year. Be the year. guy, yeah. And and John Gillis might be the backup next year. He might contend for the starting role, but I think it's Lena Salmark's to lose at this point. Um, and me saying that makes me really hate myself for saying that because I think he would. And then if he ends up losing it, it's just kind of like, dang, I feel bad because Linus is really not only a good guy but a really good goaltender. Yeah. Yeah. And you really want him to win the spot. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a few teams that could use goaltending help. But, I mean, it's just so much more difficult now to move a goaltender like Leonard or Johnson yeah. even, uh, especially now that the Flyers got Morozik. With uh, with Benoit Pouliot, I, I believe that he's going to be – he might just be a take a pick, take a depth player, take something for him. Mm-hmm. Just get back. Essentially, get back your investment. You're not gonna. You're not gonna break the bank for him. I'm sure a playoff team will come calling and say, you know, we need a depth guy. We'll take him. But he's he hasn't done a whole lot to inspire confidence. He scored a, a handful of goals, but aside from that, I mean, it's just it's just not it's just not great. No, no. Benoit Pouliot this year has shown some very nice offensive flash. He's been a guy that is very typical of his career overall where, oh, hey, this is a guy who was drafted fourth overall. He's very offensively skilled, but is he going to show up every night for you? That's the biggest question. He's had nights here in Buffalo. He shows up, then he goes on a break for three games. Then he comes back again, and then he's benched, or then you know he's off for three more games. Maybe puts up a point here or there, but then you know he'll come back with a nice, decent performance. Not to the magnitude of Thomas Vanek, because Thomas Vanek would score like six goals in a two-game span, and then he'd go stone cold for five games. Then he'd come back, score seven goals in five games, and then go stone cold again. Whereas Pouliot, he'll come back for one game, then go stone cold. Come back for another game, go stone cold. It's kind of the same thing. Not to the extent of the same thing with George's, but it's kind of the same thing. It was like, if you get a decent pick, that's fine. But you're like, you're not trading him to a team that is like going to for sure win the cup just because, oh, hey, he's getting old. Pouliot's got a few years. He can keep up with this league. He's a good skater. He, you know, he's got the skill to keep up. But, you know, you're certainly not going to get a second round pick out of him. You're probably not going to get a third round pick out of him. If you get a third round pick out of him, that's awesome. But, fourth, fifth rounder for, for Pouliot, that's probably where you're getting at. And again, just get the return on the investment. It was, yep. worth, it was worth a shot. Thanks for playing. And then you go forward from there. Uh, moving over to a couple of potential names that could see some movement but most likely won't be dealt, could potentially be moved in the offseason. I know uh, Gergensen himself is, a, is an RFA. But Zemgis Gergensen and Johan Larson, two players who, who at points – look like they potentially could have a spot in the system, but more often than not, don't look like they could fit in the system. So um, I guess we could also bunch in Sam Reinhardt as well here just to kind of wrap up some some potential trade talk. I, I think guys like Gergensen's Larson and Reinhardt could potentially be dealt, but I think first off, you don't want to trade Sam Reinhardt right now, but I don't think that there's much of a market for a guy like a Larson or a Gergensen's right now. I mean, some they'll, they'll find a suitor. Mm-hmm. They'll find a job somewhere in the league. Right. But I don't know if you're going to get a whole lot for them. Right. And I mean, I'll start with Reinhardt because Reinhardt had that really good stretch. He's kind of cooled off a little bit, but still playing the way he normally can. I think Reinhardt's finally turning himself around and and hopefully heading forward. 
He continues the strong play, and we get to see the Sam Reinhardt that we saw when he was rookie here. But with guys like Gergensons and Larson, they certainly don't seem to fit what Jason Bottrell and Phil Housley want to establish here. I think that I think that Gergensons probably has a better fit than Larson does, but certainly we see that you know Gergensons is, is certainly not the same player. And and sure we can appoint uh, uh, you know we can point to oh hey well when he was here with Jason Bottrell or not Jason Bottrell with, with Ted Nolan. He was playing well, but there was no system here. He was just going out and playing with compete and grit and all that. And then when Bilesma came here, he had to play more defensive and, and have that thought and that kind of derailed him. And now that he's under Phil Housley, it's kind of the same thing. And Johan Larson, it seemed like he fit into Dan Bilesma's system quite well. And then he got hurt last year, missed the season with the dislocated elbow. And then since being under Bottrell and Housley, it, he just doesn't seem to fit. It I just mean, seems like a lot ever since his, like, his whole body exploded on the ice at the TD Garden. He has right. not been the same. Right. I mean, he certainly hasn't been the same, but I, don't, I certainly don't think he fits what the Sabres are trying to accomplish here moving forward. So, I mean, I certainly think that we could see Johan Larson moved probably in the offseason. He's still got one more year left, and he's I think he's got another year of restricted free agency still available. Um, so, I mean, again... Gergensen's Larson, if they want to move Reinhardt, those are going to be more of deals that happen in the offseason than they do uh, come Monday. Yeah, I think Sam, if you're going to trade Reinhardt, it's going to be an offseason deal just because there's a lot, a lot more movement mm-hmm. uh, that can that can happen. Obviously, right now the cap is the the biggest problem right now. Is that you're you're up against like again with with Kane going back to Kane real quick. If you if you're going to trade a Vander Kane, you're probably going to have to take back something because cap it's enough where it's gonna it's gonna hamstring teams Mm -hmm. so that that's really i mean again i think reinhardt gergensen's larson guys like that'll be an offseason i I just have to admit something real quick here sure talking trade deadline with the sabers gets seems to just get worse every single year we've been podcasting for what four or five years now together you and me it has to be Every year, it seems like, oh, hey, we're going to get this back in return. It's all so exciting and because, you know, we've got assets to deal and we're looking ahead to the future. But, like, I think it's just gone on every year with this rebuild. And it's the same thing with, like, the fan base where it's just like, this is just dragging on. It this feels like just... teams have, yeah, it feels like teams have been able to take advantage of the Sabres just because of the bad position they're in. It's yep. like, okay, so look at it. If you're not going to trade Kane, what are you going to do? Keep him? Okay, have fun with that. We'll go sign him in the offseason. So it's like that's that's really where it's at, and, and it's unfortunate because Jason Bottrell, I think, has a bright future as a general manager, yeah. but he's kind of handcuffed. He's in a because, bad spot because, yeah, sure, he brought in some players here like Nathan Beaulieu, Benoit Pouliot, uh, you know, that thought they were going to have more of a, a contribution, but have been very underwhelming. Yep, Beaulieu has been a train wreck. He, yeah. I mean, he, I mean, I would <laughs> still, I would still, honestly though, I would still make that trade every day. Oh, absolutely. Because you're getting because again, like I said, and this kind of goes back. You know that that's a good point to bring up real fast. It kind of goes back to the um, when you're trading a Vander Kane, getting something that's somewhat established instead of getting a potential. Mm-hmm. You're taking a third round pick that how you know the percentage of, of third round picks making it to the league and having X amount of year career. It's I, I know that they're, the odds aren't great. They 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 never are. Right. I mean, they're obviously the right. higher you go, the better they are. I wish I had real numbers to tell you, but anyways, uh, my point being. It's it's just better off to get established players for for stuff like that, and I, I feel like trading that third round pick. Maybe it comes back to bite him, but I doubt that it will. I just I just hope cold, that cold take me on that one. I 
truly, truly hope that trade deadlines moving forward after this year are not so god awful. And they and they seem to just get worse. Every I mean, but, but when they were good year. though, when they were good, well, when they were good, they were still trading for dinosaurs. Sure, sure, exactly. They were still pretty boring. They were still boring, but you know, it just seems like every year the talk gets hyped up and everything gets. I think raised just, to another magnitude. It and just that, comes with not having a conservative front office, yeah. for sure. For yeah, sure. And, and I mean, unfortunately for Jason Bottrell, as we were saying, you know, the pieces that he brought in hoping to help have done pretty much nothing. Yeah. And then you look at the rest of the team, though. This is still the same team that Tim Murray put together, and Tim Murray pretty much threw down the drain. Yep. I mean, this is, this is looking at the prospect system. It's not, it's not horrible. But it's not great. It could it's be a not lot as better, yeah. it's not as promising as it was in the past. And then you look at what's in the NHL right now and the draft positioning and the draft history, and you just realize that yeah, Tim Murray hit on some picks, but most of the picks have just been like awful, mm-hmm. awful players, or they haven't developed, or you traded away some of your better assets to acquire things that haven't helped your team. Period. So for Jason Bottrell, it's unfortunate, and and for the people that have been saying this year, you you just need to fire. Jason Boss, like, why, why are you going to fire the coach and the GM that, you know, you fire just yourself. brought in? Yeah, fire yourself into this. <laughs> exactly. Go fire I mean, yourself it's into, gonna, the, into the nearest black. It'll, it'll work out better if Nylander works out. We'll find that out in the coming years. But the one thing I want to ask you, speaking of Alex Nylander. Okay. This is a total shot in the dark, but I had to ask you because it came up this week. Mm-hmm. And this is what will wrap the podcast. Yep. Would you make the deal, the reported deal for Eric Carlson? Now, mind you. It would take probably this year's first, yep. this year's second, yep. Rasmus Ristolainen, Alex Nylander, plus. So that's just like the that's like the the that's without putting the roof on it. The plus would be the roof. Right. So you you've you've got the foundation, you've got the the house, but you gotta you gotta add a little more to to build the roof. Would you would you pull the trigger on that deal, or is that something where you would say, you know what, it's good, it's great, but I can't do it. It's one of those where it's good, it's great, but I'm not doing it. Because this year's first-round pick is likely going to be a top-five pick. You are not trading a top-five pick to get an Eric Carlson who's, what now, 28, 29 maybe? I'm trying to remember how old he is exactly. But, I mean, he was kind of a robot in last year's playoffs. They took a part of his ankle out, which was impressive as it is. But Eric Carlson's 27. Okay, so he's in the prime of his career. But at the same time, first-round pick second round pick you have no idea if you're going to actually win the draft lottery this year i'm not making that trade until i know where i am it would have to be it would definitely have to be like what ottawa did with with right carolina right and i'm and i'm saying this right now as to oh do you make this deal before the deadline no this is again and this is a there's there's no rumors that buffalo is trading with ottawa because i guarantee you ottawa would never i'm betting eric carlson has on his no trade list buffalo as a team he's not going to. i have to think that that Eric Carlson ends up in Nashville or Tampa Bay, if not Monday, the off season. Yes, but Ooh, I mean, if he goes, a, if he goes to Tampa Bay, there's your version of the Golden State Warriors in the NHL. And I'm not mad Super about it. Team. I'm not mad about it at all because you know what? If that's what you got to do to put yourself over the edge, that's what you got to do. But well, here's here's something that I also want to bring up. Let's just say that Tampa Bay does make the trade for Carlson, and as part of the trade, they have to trade Mikhail Sergachev. That's a prospect who is. Was just traded in the twenty, or who was just drafted in twenty sixteen by Montreal, and has been traded twice. But you're thinking twice about twice in two years. 
I mean, for a young kid like that, that's pretty remarkable where he's already been a, a, a trade piece twice. But he's such, he's so important that his name alone is allows him to trade Jonathan Drouin for sure. him, allows him sure. to be a part of an Eric Carlson, potential right. Eric Carlson deal. I think right now, because again, you don't want to be like Vancouver was. You don't want to be like Nashville. Great. Nashville could potentially be, or yeah. even Tampa themselves could potentially be, mm-hmm. where you were great. Or best example, most recent example, the New York Rangers. <laughs> they yeah, were. They were. They were great. That stretch of Rangers teams were great, but they couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. So if maybe if trading Sergachev, yes, putting Sergachev in a package because again you're probably gonna have to trade Sergachev to even sniff a Carlson deal. You're probably gonna have to give up a guy like Sergachev, probably a guy like Braden Point. Yeah, your first round pick this year, probably your first round pick next year. Just I mean, to the, just to sniff a deal. But here's the thing, yeah. though. Here's the thing. You have to you have to say, are we still trying to build long term? Can we win with the team we have now? Or will this Carlson deal push us over the top? Which it probably would, but you're mortgaging your future. Is winning the Stanley Cup now and potentially next year worth mortgaging your future? That's why I'm not an NHL GM. Uh, I mean, we know the player that Carlson is. He's a stellar player. He is one of the best players, uh, probably arguably the best defenseman in the NHL right now. Top three player in the league, absolutely. It's sad because the uh, Senators probably don't want to trade Carlson, but the situation <laughs> they're in right now, not only with their owner, but also in the standings. They don't want to trade him, but you know Carlson's probably Carlson's probably thinking, like, uh, where are we going here, guys? July, July where are we 20, going, fellas? What is it? July 2019 can't come soon enough for him at this point, yeah. I just, I, I, again, I'm incredibly just blown away that Eric Carlson's on the market right now in the trade talks. It's, but, again, every, nobody's untouchable. But the more and more we start to talk about it, the more and more it just seems all but, you know, for sure that Carlson's going to be down. Bob McKenzie, Bob McKenzie said right uh, before the podcast started on, on Twitter that um, the talks aren't decreasing. They're getting stronger and they're getting hotter. They're getting faster. It's, it's, it's picking up steam right now. Mm-hmm. But you have to be, there has to be a willing partner. There has to be someone who's say, ready to say, just do it. Tampa Bay is the best fit to make a trade. I think. Right now. I think so. I think it's Tampa Bay and Nashville, but I think Tampa Bay is more willing to do it because Tampa Bay wants. Tampa Bay feels like they are ready to win, ready to ready to do it to do the damn thing now. Yep. And I and I don't blame because Nashville go. went to the Stanley Cup last year. They are as close as close can be. If they get Carlson, you know, it could. That could put like them I over told the you, top. sign me, sign me up for. A, it's not good for hockey. It's not good for the league. Won't think it's good for their brand. But sign me up for a Tampa Nashville Stanley Cup. Yep, I would. I would be all over that. I'd be all over that. I think it'd be great. But you know, again, looking at Carlson and, and the the teams that could use him. I mean, Tampa Bay has the assets to make any trade. They could trade Point. They could trade Mikhail Sergachev, and they're fine because their system, their depth in the AHL, their depth from drafts has good has been good. Whereas Nashville, their depth in the AHL is it's all right. Their, their prospects are all right. I mean, they gave up, you know, uh, Kamenev to get um, tourists from Ottawa, and then they, you know, sent Kamenev to Colorado as part of that three-way deal with um, the Matt Duchesne trade. But, you know, they missed out on the Duchesne trade, but if they can get uh, if they can get Carlson, man, that would just be something. But Sign me up. I would I'd absolutely sign me up. Sign me up for Nashville, Tampa Bay, Stanley Cup final. Let's go because that would just be – a fun, fun ride. So much fun. And hey, I gotta we gotta wrap this up. I gotta go to the doctor. I have to get my wisdom teeth x-rayed because 26 years old, they said you have you have reached the point where we want to take these out of your face. 
It also probably helps that I didn't have health insurance when I was like 18, so they could have done it then. But we're not going to just, we're just not going to rehash those bad times. So appreciate you tuning in. I know, Brayton, you'll be busy Monday with deadline yep. stuff. I'll be live over at uh, diebytheblade.com running a uh, like a live trade blog. Check that out. Uh, I'll be I'll be on Twitter at WolfBLTD. Brayton's always on Twitter at BJWilsonWGR. Not literally always on Twitter. Like, I am always literally on Twitter. Excuse me, but I wish I could always literally be on Twitter. It's, it's exhausting. Fun. It's, it's exhausting. a fun place. It's exhausting, but it's fun. It's like being on a treadmill and running at... 10 speed but really only wanting to run it like a two speed but you can't turn it down that's how being on twitter all the time is believe me it's it's exhausting it hurts my brain <laughs> but we want to thank you for tuning in check us out better live than dead.com at bltd sports on twitter facebook.com backslash bltd sports enjoy the trade deadline stay safe hopefully your team does not make a stupid move and hopefully the buffalo sabers do something please do something we are better live than dead and you are not thanks for tuning in we'll catch you soon the preceding presentation has been brought to you by the gear network with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.